like that. You want Hello, to everybody, that. and welcome it's to like, this Friday like, edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And happy Halloween, everybody. Oh, my goodness. It's a fun holiday. It's a fun holiday. Whether you're going out trick or treating, I like the I I'm not, but like if you if you went, that'd be like so crazy. Like we went and like hit all hit all the houses. I mean, that'd be so crazy if we did that. But I I don't even want to do that. That's like crazy. But if we did, I mean, no, it's it. Halloween's fun. Halloween is fairly fun. If you you go to parties, you dress up. You can go trick or treating if you want, and then yeah, it's just a nice fun weekend and. I'm excited. We've got some scary good matchups this week, some scary bad matchups, some scary just overall things going on this weekend. Now, I would like to say this. I was just thinking about this a little bit ago. I don't think there will be a show on Monday. I don't think. I could be wrong. So on the actual day of Halloween, we I don't think we're going to have a show. I could be wrong. I could be, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But the Bills and Packers are playing on Sunday Night Football that night, and I've got plans throughout the day. So I think we're going to be we're gonna be chalking this one up in the L category here for a Monday episode. So we're going to have a fun one today. On Friday, we're going to talk some Halloween stuff. We're going to go over some games and stuff like that. Uh, we might even do a top 10 mock draft. We might. We might, depending on how good of a mood we're in towards the end of the show. But before we get into all the stuff we're going to talk about today, make sure you follow Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, the most important part, the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts. You can find me at Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram is Blackman Logan with the show's Instagram account being the Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search the Logan Blackman Show. They should pop up. Make sure you give a subscribe and a like to both those. And then again, you're listening right now. The only way you know I'm saying this right now is if you're listening to the Apple Podcasts or Spotify accounts. So if you're not already, make sure you're subscribed, following, whatever. Rate it out of five stars on both of them. Leave a description down below and why you feel the way you do, whether it's about the whole episode or the whole, the whole podcast, or a singular episode, or whatever, or you just don't like the host, don't bother me. Does not bother me. So, with that being said, I want to start off with this. I want to start off with this, because we talked about trick-or-treating, which, again, would be crazy if we actually did that, but I, I thought it'd be fun to do a Halloween uh, ultimate trick-or-treat list, ultimate Halloween candy list. Now, I, I heard this when I was younger. I don't know if this is true or not. But did the state of Iowa invent trick or treating? It did, and not not the concept of trick or treating, but Beggars Night. Did the state of Iowa come up with that? Do any other states do Beggars Night? Because we have trick or treating, but it was like apparently I don't have I don't know if this is one hundred percent factually correct. So do not start quoting me on this and say Logan Blackman from the Logan Blackman Show, the wildly popular Logan Blackman from the Logan Blackman Show, said that this is one hundred percent factual. And if you say otherwise, you're an idiot. I, again, I don't know if this is true. I don't. But I feel like there was some dude in the state, and this just feels like an Iowan thing anyways, but I remember hearing this when I was younger about inventing a day for kids to go trick-or-treating to avoid the ghouls and goblins on Halloween night. So Beggar's Night, for those of you who aren't aware, takes place on the 30th. I don't know if trick-or-treat for everybody else out there takes place on the 31st, the actual day of Halloween, but in Iowa, we do that on the 30th. Again, don't know if that's the, the standard tradition around the country, but... I remember hearing that as a kid and as a, as a, I don't know, susceptible kid. Like, you just take in all this information and whatever you get told by an adult, you believe just instantly. And I haven't fact-checked this and I'm not going to do it now. But I have experience in trick-or-treating. Beggar's Night, whether it's on Halloween night, whether it's on Beggar's Night, don't matter. I am experienced in this category. We, my two, two of my friends from growing up, Tom and Johnny, we used to kill the neighborhoods. Kill it. 
Like, we would go in, and Johnny did this thing. And I benefited from this, too, because the parents didn't necessarily like this that much. The parents of the house we would go and visit. Or not necessarily the parents, the people that lived in the houses. Johnny would do this thing where we'd go up to the person, they'd answer the door, and he'd go, puppies are cute really fast, and then grab candy and just, like, a handful of candy and sprint away. But there was one time, one time, this house in our neighborhood, she had king-sized candy bars. King-sized. And Johnny tried to pull this fast one on her, but this chick had cat-like reflexes. Like, it was the quickest grab I've ever seen in my entire life from Johnny, and then an ultimately a greater grab by the lady at the door. She grabbed his wrist so fast, yanked him back, told him to drop the candy, and I got two candy bars. And I ain't sharing with Johnny. I did this the old-fashioned way. Now, when I say old-fashioned way, I would alternate between doing a joke or just saying trick-or-treat and being lazy. I ultimately would go the lazy route most of the time, but I did have some jokes every once in a while. Like, there were some jokes in the past. It was like, there were three girls that walk into a bar. One girl walks in. The bartender asks, oh, your hair is blonde. Your hair is so blonde. How'd you get it like that? And she goes, it's nat- natural. Then a brunette walks into the bar. The, br- the bartender goes, hey, your hair is so nice. How'd you get your hair? And she goes, it's natural. And then a girl with green hair walks into the bar. And the bartender asks her, how'd you get your hair? And while she's swiping up on her face, she brushes her nose and it's nostril. Get it? Because it's boogers. <laughs> oh, we had we had fun as children. But my, my house in particular was kind of weird when it came to trick-or-treating. So now that me and my sister are now <laughs> old enough, like we don't go trick-or-treat anymore. It's crazy. But now that we don't really do that anymore, like we would shut off all the lights pretty much and be those lame that lame family that wouldn't want any kids to come to the door. Now there'd be the odd kid that would come up to the door still, you know, the pestering one. We were that kid. I mean, Johnny and Tom were those kids. You see all the lights off? Uh, tough shit. You're getting your doorbell wrong and you're answering the door. Otherwise, we're going to be annoying. Annoying 13-year-olds, 12, 13-year-olds? Yeah, we can be pestering. We ran that neighborhood. And on Trick or Treat, we made it be known that we ran that neighborhood. And my parents, when they would, it was mostly my mom would go out and buy the trick-or-treat candy. And she'd get the really good stuff on the top, but as the night went on, she'd have the terrible candy at the bottom. And when I say terrible candy, I mean like Almond Joys and Mounds. Like like the worst candy you can have. And my mom would stick that in the bottom because no kid's going to take Almond Joys or Mounds. Unless they got something wrong with them. No kid's going to look in a candy basket and go, ooh, I got all these options. Oh, I dug through the bottom. There's mounds. I was not expecting that. Let me get some mounds. Grabs a handful of mounds. No, if Johnny went up to a house and did the puppies a cute thing and ran away and saw he had a handful of mounds, I think he'd be a little upset. As most kids would be. As I would be. So when all the good candy was gone, we had mounds. Because you were hoping that not a lot of kids went to the house so you would have candy left over to eat. But nope. 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 It like tripled your income in regards to candy. But no, you get back to the Blackman household, we have Mounds and Almond Joys. Mounds and Almond Joys. The worst candy bar out there. Like, if you, I don't know if any of you have ever seen Chaw before. One of the greatest YouTube videos of all time. The Legend of Henry Bankshaft. Paydays, Almond Joys, and Heath Bars. Conven- coincidentally, my mom really likes two of those candy bars. And <laughs> Chaw goes, those, that's just the name of some shitty-ass candy bars. Just eat a Snickers. Be a normal guy. That's that's the candy bars we had at the house. We had Heath bars and almond joys, and then my dad would get a um, a score bar, 
which score I put on the same level as Heath Bar. But they, they we have competitions all the time between who had the better taste of candy bar between score and, and Heath Bar. It's like, how would you rather die? Would you rather die by drowning or burn alive? Like, it's just, you're not, you're dying either way. It doesn't matter how you're going. Like, your death is inevitable. And it's going to be fast regardless. So just pick the easier one and then move on with your life. But I've never gone to a grocery store and gone, you know what? I am really craving a Mounds or a Heath Bar or a Score Bar. I think those is the candy they'd get. It's like my sister and I wouldn't go in the fridge and take it. Because... When you're a kid and you see a, an, an unclaimed, perceivably an unclaimed candy bar, you're just going to take it. You're just going to take the candy bar. Why Why am I going to go around asking questions where I just see the candy bar, I can just eat it, and then they can go buy another one. And then when you see a Heath bar or score bar, you're like, yeah, nah, I'm good. I'm really not that hungry for candy right now. But man, trick or treat is fun. It is fun. And when you're looking at this this tier list for candy bars, I've got two that I've already mentioned on here. That's Almond Joys and Mounds. I guess Heath Bar's on here, too. We can throw Almond Joys and Mounds and Heath Bar straight into the D category. We don't have an F category. It goes S, A, B, C, D. So those are safely, safely at the very bottom of this list. Now, is there anything... Uh, you know what? No. We're going to start off at the number one spot. I just noticed those ones right away. I think the number one and two spots we have to talk about here. And those are the branch candy corn and pumpkin things. I, you know, the can, everybody in Iowa is well aware of what candy corn is. The pumpkins are the same thing, just pumpkins. It's pretty simple. They're the exact same thing. And people tell you they taste different. <clears throat> it's like the people that tell you the blue M&Ms taste different from the red M&Ms. All M&Ms taste the same. I don't care who you are, and you're just blind guessing. You get it right, fine. You can, you can claim that can't, it's, you can taste the difference. You can't. You're just trying to say you're you just trying to say that so you can be cool. But for me, candy corn divides opinions. Not I guess not for me. I want to start off with the state of Iowa. I see all these things every year for Halloween, where it's like Barstool or other companies like that that will post favorite thing in a state. And I don't know how they calculate these things. I think it's just lazy because Iowa we're known for corn, and they just say oh candy corn. So maybe that's what they do there. But I it's a very debatable topic on if candy and it's it's one of those things where most people out there it's you either you love candy corn or you despise candy corn for me i have really no issue with candy corn but i will never go out of my way to search for it it's like those candied heart things that you get around valentine's day like i like them to a certain extent but i'm never going to go out and search for them. my sister does that my sister goes out and gets those candy hearts. You can eat a whole thing of tums and just feel i don't know what a what a you eat a whole packet of tums would that have the adverse effect of what Tums are supposed to do? <laughs> but it's just stuff like that. I, I'm going to put these things in C tier. Like, I don't really have an issue with them, but I can't put them above. Like, there's some good candy bars on here. There's some good candy bars on here. Now, one that I'm looking at right away, it's kind of out of order, is gummy bears. I can't ever say that I've gotten gummy bears on Trick or Treat. Because gummy bears come in those massive packages. You don't get those on Halloween. And if you, if you go to a house that has a big bag of gummy bears and you're just inviting people to reach in, don't eat those. Don't eat those. Those are going to be disgusting. Like, you have one person touch a gummy bear, and that's theirs. You can have that one. It, it's one of those things where a lot, so a lot of things out there, a lot of candies out there, you go, hey, <clears throat> toss me a, toss me a, uh, I don't know, a Twix bar. Oh, no, like an open Twix bar. 
Like you're like, okay, you can grab the Twix bar and get it. But when you have a gummy candy, like gummy bears, and someone else touches it, you can like see their fingerprints in the gummy bear. And they have to be Haribo. Don't try to be sneaky and get like the Black Forest ones. Black Forest does some nice things here and there. Haribo does gummy bears, only does gummy bears. If they do other things, I don't know if they do. Then you, you know more than I do about Haribo. But I've never gotten that for Halloween. And I don't even know if they make tiny packages of Haribo. So I don't know if I can actually rank Haribo down there on this thing. But I just saw that. But S tier, the first thing on S tier, I, I mean, if you, you you have to like these things. There's some flavors that are better than others, but Jolly Ranchers are S tier. I have never met a single person out there that does not like Jolly Ranchers. Jolly Ranchers are goaded. They're, they're delicious. And I'd put them up there. Over on the top, it goes sweet things or something sour sour patch kids those are s tier as well two amazing amazing candies just amazing now there's one candy while we're on the sour side of things that i used to love a ton as a kid but you had to be extremely careful with these things because you're going to get scars all across your mouth eating these things and that's the the warheads like warheads are very good once you get past the sour stuff they're really good and the sours i always really liked sour stuff growing up I really like the sour candies. But that stuff hurt after a little bit. Like, taste-wise, S-tier. Pain-wise, D-tier. So I feel like you have to put it in B-tier, right? I won't, well, I think I might raise it up to A-tier, because I do like myself some some, uh, some sour, some warheads, some warheads. Do we go to the... No, we'll stick with the gummy stuff. We'll stick with the gummy or fruit-flavored stuff here. Dots. I feel like a lot of people would rate dots in C-tier. I like dots. I like dots. I did a project in, uh, what grade was this? In seventh grade, we had to make a giant candy box. I don't remember what class this was for, and it was not arts and crafts, for those of you who are thinking it's arts and crafts. So I did the I did the sour dots. My mom used to get dots all the time. I don't know if she gets them as much anymore. Just as like her theater candy. But you can get a dots thing, at like trick or treat, that's like a box of three. Dots are really good. I like dots. I like dots quite a bit. Airheads, uh, I think airheads go in S tier. Airheads are delicious. I don't think you'd go wrong with the airhead. Every had the mystery flavor that I don't know what it is. I haven't had airhead in a while, but airheads are delicious. And uh, while we're on the topic of that, Swedish fish, I'm going to put those in A tier. I love Swedish fish, but do I think they're better than the candies on S tier? No. I don't. I, I will grab Swedish fish when I'm out and about. But if I'm looking at trick-or-treat candy, I put the things on S tier above Swedish fish. And I love Swedish fish. Don't get me wrong. I love Swedish fish. I love Swedish fish. And then moving on to the next category, we've got sweet tarts. Uh, I'll put sweet tarts in A. Sweet tarts are, are very nice. Sweet tarts are very, very nice. And I don't want to sound like I'm bashing any candy for not putting them in S tier. I just think those candies are just above and beyond. And then Another one that I think will accompany S tier, I think, is Starburst. I think Starburst are S tier. Starburst are delicious. You cannot say anything bad about Starburst. Now, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like half of their le- half their yellow flavors are lemon and the other has banana. And you gotta be careful with that kind of stuff, because the same thing as banana laffy taffy. Banana flavoring is awful. <laughs> banana banana flavoring. Apart from runs, banana flavoring is the worst flavor out there. Bar none. I don't I don't think there's really a close second. 
Like vanilla, vanilla by itself is bad, but vanilla like ice cream's good. But the vanilla flavoring's terrible. It's borderline <laughs> impossible to eat. Do I have anything else? Blow pops. Oh, blow pops S tier. I used to love getting blow pops. And I don't know if you guys ever did this as kids, but when you had a blow pop and you were starting to get like, you'd run it underwater. Oh, man. Blow pop underwater, you get that. Th I don't want to make it weird, but you, <laughs> you get it all. Uh, there's no way I could get this without saying weird, sounding weird. And it's a nice wet blow pop. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. And then you break through and you get the gum. Yeah, it's awesome. Blow pops are goaded. I love blow pops. Dum Dums, uh, B tier. I got like three Dum Dum flavors that I like, and then the rest of them I could give or take. Like I, I like Tootsie Pops more. I put Blow Pop, Tootsie Pop, Dum Dum. That'd be the order I'd go. But Tootsie Pops aren't on here. And the next one on here, going with the the fruity ish candy, we got Skittles. Uh, S or A tier. S or A tier for Skittles. Now we'll go A tier. We'll go A tier. I when I played Little League baseball, my go to candy. This goes back to me talking about the sour stuff. Was sour Skittles. I loved sour Skittles growing up. I don't necessarily love them as much anymore. I think the wild berry Skittles are the best Skittle fa flavor by far. I shouldn't say by far because all Skittle flavors are good, but the the wild berry ones. That's that's the best one. That's the best. Next one on here, going with sticking with that is Twizzlers. You got to be really careful with Twizzlers. I'm going to put them in B tier. That's my dad's road trip candy. I'm, I'm going to move Warheads up. I like Warheads more than the things that on B tier. But Twizzlers are, it's dangerous. That's dangerous. I do not like the the tiny Twizzlers. You got to get the strips of Twizzlers. Like, you got to be careful. Not black licorice, not that awful flavor. Stick with the consistent, go with normal Twizzlers. Normal Twizzlers. Now we're on to the chocolate bars. At least I believe we've gotten through all the the fruit. I'm not again. I'm not ranking Haribo. I don't. I don't. I've never gotten Haribo for Halloween. I've never once gotten that. If you have gotten gummy bears for Halloween, lucky you. I and I'm not rating it. I, I like I like gummy bears. I put them in A tier. But I I've never gotten them for Halloween. I don't consider them a Halloween candy. I'm never considering them. I've gotten all these things apart from that. For trick or treat, oh payday, uh, D tier. Paydays are just peanuts. If you just like a bunch of peanuts on a log, a peanut log, I mean it's fine. But I'm not a massive fan. Get my mouth really dry. While we're on the top, let's stick with the peanut theme. We we'll go. Where's Snickers? Is Snickers on here? Are they really not throw Snickers on here? Wow, Snickers is not. Oh, there it's Snickers. 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 Uh, A tier. Snickers is awesome. Snickers just it's just a great candy bar. You're not you and you're hungry, remember? You know that that old saying? It's good. I I like myself with Snickers every once in a while. Butterfinger, same thing. That was my go-to candy bar at William Penn. We had a vending machine on the bottom floor of our building, and you it was by the main entrance of the building. And you would go there every morning, or you, I would go there every morning, and I'd get not I hey, I gotta pref, I gotta take that back. Every morning that makes me sound like a, a like a Mouth riddled with cavities. Never had one before. Knock on wood. Family has a thousand of them. I have none. So I'm I'm going to stick with that. But Butterfingers are good. The problem is, while we're talking about the teeth thing, they stick to your teeth a lot. They stick to your teeth. But they, taste-wise, beautiful. Same thing goes... Oh, I want to put that one late. Oh. Oh. 
M&M's, they go in A tier as well, but peanut M&M's go in S tier. Peanut m I, I they're not on here, but peanut butter M&M's are clear. Peanut butter M&M's are the best M&M's by far. I like, I really like peanut M&M's. I always enjoy those. But the two M&M's we got even listed on here, I would put peanut butter and mini M&M's above both these guys. So you know what, just for that fact, I'm putting M&M, peanut M&M's in A tier. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Um, do we have any other... Oh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Uh, S tier. Love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. You cannot go wrong with Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. They're delicious. They're absolutely delicious. Can't go wrong with it. No more peanut... Do we have any other peanut butter things on here? I don't think so. Unless I'm completely missing something. Next one on here, we got Twix. Um, that's my favorite candy bar, so I gotta put that in S tier. It just is. I like Twix. It's my favorite candy bar. Hershey, that's got to go B tier. Hershey's got a very unique flavor, so I, I got to just throw that in B tier. It's very, very unique. Milk Duds, love Milk Duds. Those goes in A. Those go in A tier. Tootsie Rolls, same thing as Hershey, go in B tier. Rolos, Rolos are weird. I like caramel. I like chocolate, but Rolos just have a weird taste to me. I don't know about everybody else. I will put them in B tier. I was gonna put them in C. I'm gonna put them in B tier. Kit Kat, A tier. Love Kit Kat. York Peppermint Patty and Junior Mints, those go in... I mean, normally they're good. And I have gotten those for trick-or-treat before. It's not what you want for trick-or-treat. They're good. They're fine. This shows you how lame my parent, my mom, and sister are. Junior Mints are some of their theater candy. Three Musketeers can also go in the C tier. Crunch Bar can go in the B tier. Milky Way can go in the B tier. <laughs> Whoppers, those go in C tier. Whoppers are C tier. When you get a bad Whopper, oh, bad Whoppers are the worst. You can't, there's, bad Whoppers are bad. I'm going to move Junior Mint or York Peppermint Patty up to B tier. I like those. I like those. 100 Grand Bar. My mom once called these a 1,000 Grand Bar. Is that a thing? Can you have a 1,000 Grand Bar? But we're going to put that one in B tier <laughs> for bars. I think that's it. I haven't really... I know they're very popular, but like Mr. Goodbar, Crackle, and Baby Ruth, I haven't had those in years. I don't even remember the last time I've had any of those bars. So here's my tier list that I have done. I have those four candies left. I got the Gummy Bears, Crackle, Mr. Good, and Baby Ruth. But again, haven't had those in a while, so I can't really give an honest opinion about that. Uh, D tier, Almond Joy, Mounts, Heath Bars, and Paydays. That just goes on the bottom. Almond Joys, Paydays, and Heath Bars. That's just a list of shitty-ass candy bars. Remember that. And it's not just because Shaw said that. I don't like those. I never have gotten those in the store by myself. I've only been for They've only been forced upon me at Trick or Treat or by my parents. Uh, C-tier, Candy Corn for corn. Junior Men's, Three Musketeers, and Whoppers. B-tier, Dots, Dum Dums, Twizzlers, Hershey's, Tootsie Rolls, Rolos, Crunch Bar, Milky Way, York, and 100 Grand. A tier, Swedish Fish, Sweet Tarts, Warhead, Snickers, Butterfinger, M&M's, Peanut M&M's, Milk Duds, Kit Kat, and then S tier, Jolly Ranchers, Sour Patch Kids, Airheads, Starburst, Blow Pop, Skittles, Reese's, and Twix. Those are goaded candy bars. Those are goaded. That's why he's the GOAT. The GOAT. You guys have had to see that. If you haven't seen that, I, I just sound like a fro. Well, I, I should have said I sound like an idiot because I feel like I sound like an idiot 99 percent of the time so i i'd I, i'm probably gonna keep that one 
Uh, maybe I just sound like an idiot all the time. I don't know. Probably do. That's my tier list for can't for Halloween candy. I thought about doing like like horror movie horror movie villains and stuff like that or Halloween movies. Like you look at some of the Halloween movies. I I was gonna do Halloween movies, but I hadn't seen a lot of them. To me, just looking at the list, I'm just gonna tell you my favorite Halloween movie. Are uh, the options here? I'm probably gonna go with. The Nightmare Before Christmas, which is a Christmas movie, but I always... So I grew up watching that movie. Before it became popular, there were two movies I would go watch my grandma my grandma and grandpa's house. And that was Like Mike with Lil Bow Wow, now just Bow Wow, and The Nightmare Before Christmas. And that was on VHS tape. Both those things were on VHS. So you'd watch that, rewind it, watch it, rewind it. I'd watch it in their, in their bedroom. I'd sit in their bed and watch Nightmare Before Christmas and Like Mike. And they're... It wasn't like I was upstairs. It's on the same level. It's in this. You can look out into the kitchen while watching the movie. So I would be there with my family, but I'd be watching the movie. I also put Ghostbusters up there, the original Ghostbusters. Is there any other ones on here that I was like, oh, I need this? Is one of my favorite movies. Monster House. I like Monster House quite. Oh, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I saw that's getting not. That's not on TV this year, which is a shame. The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Ghostbusters and The Nightmare Before Christmas are probably my three favorite Halloween movies just off that list. Horror characters? We've got... Who is my favorite horror character? Who would be my favorite horror character? Looking around on this. Probably Michael Myers. I think Michael Myers. Michael Myers or Jason. I like those guys. I like those guys. I think those guys are pretty trill. I spit all over the place. I think those guys are pretty true. I don't know any other, like, big-time horror movies that I've seen. Like, Halloween-themed movies. I've seen horror movies. <clears throat> the Babadook's probably my favorite horror movie. If I had to list my favorite horror movie, that's probably my favorite one. But I don't know if you consider that a, a Halloween movie. Like, these are strictly Halloween movies. Like, Michael Myers is in a movie called Halloween. Now, they've had, like, a thousand movies now. Halloween ends, Halloween begins. I, I don't know what the hell they're going to be going on anymore. Jack Skellington can be up there for me as well because he's awesome. The Boogeyman, the that's the one. When I was a kid watching The Nightmare Before Christmas, the Boogeyman used to terrify me. And then when they ripped him open and all the bugs flew out, oh, man, that used to creep me out as a kid. Absolutely used to scare me. Now, you know what else scares me? This is a very scary thing. Iowa versus Nebraska, or Iowa versus North, well, that one too. Iowa versus Northwestern in football. This is terrifying. I saw a thing on Twitter today, and it was uh, from Haw Hawkeye's Wire. And someone took a screenshot of it and said, ESPN's data proves Iowa would have been more successful punting on every first down at Ohio State. And that proved right, because in the first play of the game, <laughs> Iowa threw an interception. And if Tory Taylor punted... If he, unless he decides to run for it, if he punted it, Iowa was not giving up the ball at that point of the field. They weren't. I and the guy said Iowa has redefined the meaning of a bad offense. They're bad. They're very bad. Like Northwestern's bad. Like look at this. Northwestern scores on average four point six more points a game than Iowa, on average. Now I just want to do the. I got to get my calculator up so I can get this. Is not easy math here. Ready now. I'm on. They score 4.6 more points than Iowa, and they uh, they get 161.8 more yards 
than Iowa. So you have to pretty much, so half of Iowa's yards is around that. And we're going to take that, and then that's the gap between Northwestern and Iowa. Now, Northwestern's defense is very bad. They give about 408 yards a game and give up 28 points a game. Iowa's is sad because Iowa's defense gives up 16, and they can't win. You know how good of a defense you have to have to give up just 16 points a game? In your offense, in your three, in your three and four, you know how terrible of an offense you have to be for that. It's awful. And I don't really want to spend that much time on it. Iowa is an eleven-point favorite in this game. Eleven points for Iowa. I feel weird saying Iowa is going to be anybody covering a spread, let alone Northwestern. And Northwestern, though they're one and six, has always been one of those teams where, it don't matter how good they are, it don't matter how good Iowa is, it's going to be a close game. It's just naturally going to be a close game. To the chagrin of all Iowa fans out there and to the joy of all Northwestern fans. Because in reality, Northwestern's got a nice little program over there. Pat Fitzgerald just really, has done really good things over there. But Iowa should always beat Northwestern. No, Again, no offense to Northwestern. No offense to Northwestern, but Iowa should always beat Northwestern. And 11 points, though. Northwestern's bad. Northwestern is a bad football team. They allowed Wisconsin. Wisconsin to score 42 points on them. That's how bad they are. But managed to hold Penn State to 17 and lost to Miami of Ohio 17-14. Like, I don't... This is a scary game. This is a scary game. Both teams have lost their last three games. And like Iowa, Northwestern has also lost two of those three games by double digits. Iowa lost to Michigan by 13 and Ohio State by 44. Lost Illinois by three. Maryland, or Northwestern lost to Penn State by 10, Wisconsin by 35, and Maryland by seven. So very similar in regards to what's going on right now. It, being at Kinnick is pretty good. I, I haven't checked this, though. I haven't checked this. I saw something on Twitter that said Iowa released a depth chart that had both Petrus and Pedia. It had like Alex Padilla or Spencer Petrus. I got to see this, though. Where is that? There we go. The Gazette. We'll see if see if they'll actually let me look at it or they're going to put a paywall up. Okay, it is. Petrus or Padilla. I never thought I'd see the day. I, I don't know. I, it's a weird feeling right now. I don't even really care at this point. I'm at a point now as a fan where you can't really disappoint me anymore. Like, I've been disappointed enough so far this season. The fact they got three wins is impressive. I'll give them that because I really don't think they deserve any of those wins. But, like, playing Petrus at this point, I wouldn't even, like, be disappointed. Like, going like, you've got to bench him. You've got to bench him. At this point, we're seven games in. We're seven games in. It is what it is. The offense stinks. Petrus stinks. Like, sure, Padilla might be able to do something. But I'm not really sitting there like anymore that's just going like bench him, bench him, bench him, bench him. Like Iowa, the rest of the season, play Northwestern, Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska. They might beat Northwestern. I think they lose the rest of their games. I think they beat Northwestern and lose Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska. And I hate saying they're going to lose to Nebraska, but that's just how it looks. So we have another 4-8 and eight season on our hands is what it feels like. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. 
And I'm open to being wrong. But it it just doesn't feel like that. It just doesn't. Like, Purdue right now is a 70% chance to beat Iowa, according to ESPN's match predictor. Against Wisconsin. Wisconsin, okay. Since it's at Iowa, they're going to be nicer. And the time to be decided still. So, Iowa might be able to beat Wisconsin. Might be able to. Because it's at home, it might be a night game. Because Wisconsin is a big rivalry with Iowa. Wisconsin is a 56.0% chance to win. We go to Minnesota. Minnesota's got a 71.2% chance to win. Then you go to Nebraska. It's at home. Okay, Iowa's got a 74% chance to win. So maybe I'm being a little too harsh on Iowa against Nebraska because Iowa never loses. It seems to lose to Nebraska. But if Nebraska was ever going to beat Iowa, this is probably going to be the year. This is probably going to be the year. So I think right now, and this is even before I looked at the match predictor stuff, I think Iowa might go five and seven. I think they might go five and seven. I think that's the peak. I can't really I, I'm struggling seeing them beat Northwestern just because of the history with Northwestern. And I know Iowa's gonna be somewhat motivated. At least you hope they'd be somewhat motivated going into this game. But it's just I don't know. It's just not even fun. It's like it's just frustrating. It's like ramming your head into a wall like a thousand times watching Iowa play. It is frustrating. Now, for the other teams in the state, we got Iowa State. They're taking on Oklahoma. I think Iowa State can win this game. They're 0-4 in conference. And again, Iowa State's lost all of their past, all of their games this season by less by touchdown or less. It's a damn shame to live that way. It sucks. It's a damn shame. And it's at home, which is big, and Oklahoma's defense has stunk this year. I think if Iowa State's going to win, I think this could be a game they do. I ho- If the line stays at minus one, for Oklahoma, I'm taking Iowa State. I think Iowa State not only I think Iowa State could beat them. I I I think there's a really good shot they can beat them. They should have beaten Texas last week. They should have beat Kansas State, Kansas, and Baylor the weeks before. But they didn't. But I think they can beat them. Hopefully. For Iowa State fans' sake, I hope they can beat them. And then for the final big, big quote unquote big Iowa school, we got you and I taking on Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois is a good football team. They came off a tough loss to South Dakota last week, but they're a they're a good football team. You and I are starting to feel themselves out a little bit. The defense is starting to catch up to the offense. The offense has played really good all season. Theo Day has been playing awesome. The running attack has been awesome. Sam Schnee has been awesome as a wide receiver, which I didn't really expect as he's a running back. He's been leading you and I in receiving yards this year. Theo Day has 14 touchdowns, four picks. Don Williams has nine rushing touchdowns on the season. Him and Vance McShane have been dominating this year in the run game, which is something you and I hasn't really had as of late, at least over the past couple years. You and I's rush attack has been non Their offense just in general. I don't know why I'm singling out the rush. The rush attack's probably the main cause, but the whole offense just sucked for a while. It was just bad. Bad offense. Couldn't get anything going. If you were unfortunate enough to go to any games during the spring period of 2020 when they did that whole spring season, or 2021, yeah, spring of 20, yeah, spring of 2021, uh, I'm sorry, because I got, I went to games that year. It was a struggle. It was a real struggle. But now, you and I, they're starting to get momentum. Like, beating Missouri State the way they did was huge. That was a very big get. And against Southern Illinois, again, they're a very, very tough football team. Again, they're coming off a very tough loss to South, to South Dakota State, or South Dakota, the Yotes. South Dakota State, jeez, I did it again. South Dakota scored 10 points unanswered in the fourth quarter to win. Like, Southern Illinois had this game in the bag. And then, uh, sadly lost it for their sake. Now, Nick Baker, he's a quarterback for Southern Illinois. Very good quarterback. Short, short quarterback, five foot nine. We got Doug Flutie back there and Nick Baker. 
13 touchdowns, though, three interceptions on the season. Struggled a little bit last week in South Dakota. Threw an interception and a touchdown. Threw like 40-something passes last week. But I think you and I can get the dub. I think all three big Iowa schools should come away with dubs this week. I think they should. Because Iowa's playing Northwestern. That should be the easiest game out of them, and that's the one I'm struggling with the most. Iowa State, I think, can beat Oklahoma. I think there's a really good shot they beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma looks very gettable this year. And then Southern Illinois, that'll just be a close game. I think with it being in Carbondale will make it really tough. But I think you and I, I think they're catching stride at the right time. Catching stride. They're looking good. They struggled early on. Like their first, their last road game was against Western Illinois, which is back in September. So a whole month ago was their last road game. And they started off slow in that game. But then they started catching their stride towards the second quarter, and then they looked really good the rest of the game. Against Indiana State, that was a game they kind of struggled to kick themselves. And the same thing with Illinois State. They kicked themselves a lot in that game. Should have beat Illinois State, and should have, and they beat Indiana State. Very similar-ish games, but they came on the wrong side against Illinois State. And then the past two games against Tennessee, Utah Tech and Missouri State, very good wins there. I think they can come away with a win. I think the rush attack will be big in this game as it's supposed to be rainy, supposed to be a thunderstorm according to the ESPN thing I'm looking at right now. So I think the run game will be big for you and I in this game. They have one of the top rushing attacks in the FCS this year, which is weird to say given how you and I's rush offense has not really worked out in the past. Like you got Don Williams at 562 rushing yards and Vance McShane at 406. Don Williams has nine touchdowns. He averaged 6.1 yards a carry. And again, Theo Day, 14 touchdowns, four picks. I still think, I said this at the beginning of the season, I think Theo Day is the best quarterback in the state of Iowa. I think. I know Hunter Deckers has played well this year. I mean, we could, okay, we all know who's last. But we, I, I would want to have the argument between Theo Day and Hunter Deckers. I think it'd be fun. Both were number 12 as well. But just one's left-handed and can move. The other one is right-handed. It's not as fleet-footed. Not like an insane statue, but he's not he's not looking to run ever. <laughs> he had one decent game a few weeks ago. I don't remember who was against where he had a decent amount of rushing yards, but <laughs> he's, done it. He's, not, he's not really fleet of foot. He's not necessarily the most fleet of foot character out there. But yeah, I think I think those are some fun games. We got some other fun matchups this week in college football. Like t- tonight, we got Virginia Tech. You guys will know the scores of these one. Virginia Tech versus NC State and Utah versus Washington State. Cameron Ward taking on Cam Rise in the Battle of the Camerons. Cameron Bowl there. Should be fun. Devin Leary's out for the season for NC State, which sucks, so we'll see how they do against the Virginia Tech Hokies. They are 13.5-point favorites. Virginia Tech's not very good, so they should come away with a dub. Saturday, we got Ohio State. Penn State, which should be pretty fun. Ohio State's a 15-point favorite. I think that one they got. TCU West Virginia should be fun. Notre Dame-Syracuse. If I told you at the beginning of the season, one of these teams would be 6-1, and one, the other one 4-3. and three. Which one would you guess was the four and three team? <laughs> I don't think you'd be saying Notre. Don't think you'd be saying Notre Dame. Oh, you got Florida, Georgia, which would be very, very fun if Florida can keep keep going on offense. They had a bye week; they needed that last week. Oregon, Cal. We got Oklahoma State, K State, Wake Forest, Louisville, Illinois, Nebraska, UCF at hosting Cincinnati, Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, which is an awesome matchup. Awesome, awesome, awesome matchup there. Then we got USC, Arizona, Michigan State, Michigan, Ole Miss. Texas A&M, Pitt, North Carolina, and Stanford, and UCLA. Game of the week, Kentucky, Tennessee. That game's going to be awesome. Will Levis taking on Hendon Hooker. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Cannot wait for that game. Cannot. I know a lot of you <laughs> sit at home. We're, right, we're really excited for the Ryan Helinski, Spencer Peters, or Alex Padilla battle. But, uh, yeah, sadly, we are going to talk about this one instead. Talk about the <laughs> the other ones instead. But once again, 
We have done this the past however many weeks. Tom has sent me games to pick yet again. So we will try to do it. I don't know how we did last week. I know we did better than what we did before. I know we did better this past week than what we did this, the week prior. So first one on here, we got BYU versus East Carolina. It's a night game. I think that game's also tonight. It's tonight or tomorrow night. I don't really remember, but we'll check. That's tomorrow night. It's tomorrow night. But BYU being at home, I think, is big. Being at home and at night, I think, is massive. BYU's had a really cu- couple of rough stretches of games here. Like, they lost three in a row. Now, they have played some pretty good teams in that stretch. I didn't think they'd struggle as much as what they did against Liberty, but I think they'll be motivated to bounce back against East Carolina, who has one of the lower passing passing defenses in college football. I just hope they can keep I hope they can just keep it consistent throughout the entire game. Because that's been a struggle the past however many games is starting off strong and then just teetering out towards the end of the game and just completely falling on their face. It's not very fun to watch. Jaron Hall is really good and very fun to watch, but it's it's been a struggle. Now we got Florida State and Georgia Tech. This one's very tough as well. Florida State is like Iowa State to a certain extent. They're playing some really tough teams and have lost all their games this year by less than a touchdown or a touchdown or less. Like, they lost, I take that back. They lost by 10 to Wake Forest. They lost by two to NC State. They lost by, quick math, six to Clemson. And they had a bye week last week. Big bye week. They're 21 and a half, 23 and a half point favorites over Georgia Tech. I'm going to take the Seminoles over the Yellow Jackets. They have a good win against Duke. They beat Pitt. Uh, 21 points, though. Do I want to say that? Do I want to go that? That that feels mean. Because Georgia Tech can be tough. They can be tough. Has Florida State really taken it to, they took it to BC? They took it to BC. They took, uh, let's see. Let's see what the experts are saying here. Let's see what some of the experts are saying. Florida State versus Georgia Tech. We got to go with the experts. No, God dang it, Google. Florida State... Georgia Tech. I just want to see. I want to get one take here. I just want to get one. I just need one answer. I just want to see if other people are thinking like me. Because these people, there are people out there that follow the Florida State Seminoles and the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets a lot more than me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Georgia. I'm going to stick with Florida State. I think I'm going to stick with Florida State. Motivated after three straight losses. Tough three losses. I'm going with the Seminoles. we got Syracuse and Notre Dame. I think this game could be fun. I think this game could be very, very fun. Sean Tucker has been playing really, really well this year. Garrett Schrader has played very well. Four interceptions, 13 touchdowns this season. Syracuse got one of the best offenses in college football. And a pretty solid defense at that as well. Being at the Carrier Dome, which is a really tough place to play. I'm going to go with the Cuse. TCU versus West Virginia. What TCU is a seven and a half point favorite. We're going to go with the Iowan. He came back big last week against Kansas State. We're going to stick with the Iowan. Max Duggan. Oklahoma versus Iowa State. I already said I think Iowa State can win. We're going to take the Cyclones in that one, being at home. Ohio State, Penn State. Don't care what the line is. I know it's 15 and a half. I'm taking the Buckeyes. I think they got one that one easily. I could be wrong about that one, but man, I Ohio State just looks really, really good. And they Penn State sucked against, <laughs> against Michigan. Like they got one first down in the first half and it's off a 62-yard touchdown run, and they had a pick six. So then they were like 14 to 16 at halftime. They were up 17-16 at that. Uh, well, was it 17-16? They were up 14 to 13. 14 to 13 is what the score was. Next one, Arkansas versus Auburn. 
This one's tough. It's three and a half at Auburn. It's a day game, which is big. Auburn's. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Arkansas. I think they can cover. Given what they did last two weeks ago against BYU, if KJ Jefferson can keep that up, they looked at that game and were like, "Oh, this is what everybody's been calling for this year. Everybody's just wanted to get KJ Jefferson to go off, and he went off. So let's let him go off again. Let's keep that one going there. Miami versus Virginia. I don't know if Tyler Van Dyke is playing in this game. Tyler Van Dyke had a shoulder injury last week against Duke. Still improving. It doesn't say. I see some that says meet Jake Garcia. Miami's new starting quarterback, but I don't know if that's 100% true. Uh, this is the problem of doing a show two days before the games because I don't know if they're going to announce it until the game starts. Because I think that's big. I think that is big. Let's see what ESPN says. Let's see what ESPN says about that. About the game in general. Because Miami is favored. It's on the road at Virginia for Miami. They're two-point favorites. Sterling Keynes, Cavaliers face off. Mm, crap. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Miami. And it's going in blind. I'm hoping Van Dyke plays. I don't know if he will or not, but I'm going with him playing. Then we've I need to take some underdogs. Like we have <laughs> taken one. That was Iowa State. And I could see them even getting changed to a, a favorite before this game before Saturday comes along. We got Minnesota taking on Rutgers. Minnesota looks really good. Their offense looks really, really good. Like Mohammed Ibrahim is balling out. Tanner Morgan didn't play last week. But they got ass blasted by Penn State. They got beat down by Illinois. They've lost three straight games. 14-point favorites are the Golden Gophers in this game. Is Tanner Morgan going to be back in this game? I don't know if that really matters because it's Tanner Morgan. <laughs> it's not like he's an elite quarterback or anything. Jeez, both teams are three and one and three in conference play. Jeez, in these past few weeks, Minnesota scored 10, 14, and 17. So by that property, they should be scoring 21 this week. Four, three, then four again. That's a lot of points. 14 and a half is a lot. I'm going to come back to that one. I'm going to come back to that one. Kansas State and Okie State. I'm going to take the Cowboys. They're coming off a loss. Coming off a tough. No, 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 no. They came back against Texas. They lost to TCU a couple weeks ago. Very good win. For the Cowboys last week. Illinois, Nebraska. What's the line for that one? Eight. I'm going to take Illinois. The fighting Brett Bielema has beat, <laughs> beat Nebraska, what, two years ago? Last year? Whenever it was? It was beautiful. So we're going to go with them again. Oregon taking on Cal. Oregon is a 17-point favorite on the road. Oregon scores a lot of points. Cal does not. Like the past four games, five games. Let's keep going back. Does it go further back than that? Every game post-Georgia, they have scored over 40 points. I'm going to go with Oregon. I'm going to go with Oregon in that one. We got Florida taking on Georgia. This all depends on what Florida offense shows up and how long they could stay in the game. That's 22 and a half. Florida's offense is very good. Florida's offense is very good. And this year, more than any, Georgia has looked more susceptible than any. So we're going to go with Florida. It's not, a, it's not a home game for Georgia. I mean, technically it is, but it's in Jacksonville. So I'm going to go with Florida being able to cover in that game. That one might bite me in the ass, but I think Florida is good enough offensively to cover. And Georgia doesn't do a lot spectacularly on offense, so I think that Florida might be able to keep with 
keep close distance in that game. Next one, we got Wake Forest and Louisville. I'm going to go. Geez, Wake Forest is like, they're like Oregon. They score a bunch of points. Bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of points. Uh, but I'm going to go with Wake Forest. Sam Hartman's playing really well recently. I think he threw five touchdowns last week against Boston College. Uh, he's he's playing really, really well. 21 touchdowns, three interceptions on the season. UCF taking on Cincinnati. I'm going to – do I want to go with the upset with UCF because Cincinnati didn't cover last week? I don't know. If you, I don't know if I bet on East Carolina, South Carolina last week or East Carolina last week. I'm gonna go. Oh, um, yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna go with SM. I'm gonna go with the UCF. I'm gonna go with UCF. And speaking of SMU, they're taking on Tulsa this week. SMU right now is a two and a half point favorite. SMU's defense does not usually show up, which is not ideal. And they've struggled recently, lost four of their last five games. They've allowed 34 or more points in four of those games. Somehow managed to hold Cincinnati just 29. They're the best team they played and held them to 29. <laughs> uh, I think this will be a close game. The line is at two and a half right now. I'm gonna go with SMU. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Mustangs. We got South Carolina taking on Missouri. South Carolina's looked really like weirdly decent recently, which is throwing me through a bunch of loops. It's just one of those fake rivalry games that the SEC wants now. I am gonna I'm gonna go with the Tigers. I wanna I wanna I need to pick some more underdogs. I need to pick some more underdogs. <laughs> so we're gonna go with Missouri. Not I'm not gonna really explain that one. I just wanted to pick that one. I'm not really going to explain that. Then we got USC taking on Arizona. Arizona could score. Arizona could score. But they can't really stop nobody. I think USC will win, but I think Arizona will be able to cover, especially being at home. Jaden DeLura has played very, very well this year. Or very, very well. He's 19 touchdowns, 7 picks. I mean, he's not like amazing, amazing, but he's playing well. He's playing well. Arizona's got a very solid offense. They score a lot of points, but they have a very trash defense and give up a lot of points as well. You got 36 points a game. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Tennessee and Kentucky. Ooh, this one's fun. This one's going to be fun. 12 point. This is going to be interesting because these are two completely different styles of offenses. And the fact that Kentucky is one of the slowest paced teams in college football and Tennessee is one of the fastest paced teams in college football. Will Levis is back. I think having a bye week's huge. Will Levis will get beat up in this game. Get beat up in this game. I think, again, I think Tennessee can score on anybody. Like we said last week, or the other day, I think they're the second-best team in college football. I think they're the second-best team in college football. Can they beat Kentucky by 12 points? Um, I'm going to go with the Wildcats. I think the Wildcats will be surprisingly to be able to cover. I might change that, so don't don't bet on that one if you're, if you're not talking to me or if you're... <laughs> if you're questioning it that one's open to interpretation that one's open to interpretation next one we've got michigan taking on michigan state this one could be kind of fun michigan state just it's not very good that's not very good they give up a crap ton of points on defense give up a crap ton of yards on defense as well i'm gonna go with michigan especially with it at michigan the line's 22 and a half but i think michigan can do it i think michigan can do it they've started off slow in their past two games and came out in victors and won by double digits in both those against indiana and penn state 
I think they can do it here, especially with the way Blake Corn's been playing right now. He's 99 yards away from 1,000. You'd be stupid to probably guess that he'll – you'd be stupid to think he won't get 1,000 yards this week. I, I'd, I'd be kind of surprised if he didn't get 1,000 yards in this game. Next one we got on here, Ole Miss taking on Texas A&M. A&M's got a solid defense. They got a solid defense, but they have struggled as of late. Struggled a lot as of late. Ole Miss is coming off a loss to LSU, a blowout loss. I'm not really surprised by the fact they lost. It was the fact that they got ass-blasted by 25 points. That's the part that kind of concerns me with this game. But Texas A&M's offense doesn't exist. They have no semblance of an offense. I'm going to go with Ole Miss. I know A&M's a tough place to play. I know College Station's a very tough place to play. But I'm going to go with the road team in Ole Miss. Next one, we got North Carolina taking on Pitt. North Carolina's got one of the top offenses in all of college football. Drake May is balling out right now. Balling out. The problem is their defense can't stop anybody. And the same thing goes for Pitt's defense. They can't really stop anybody either. Both teams are very similar. Do things differently, though. They each do things differently. Drake May is the main... Like North Carolina gets all their yards for the pass game. Pitt gets theirs all through the run game. At North Carolina, three points. I'm going to go with the Tar Heels. I'm going to go with the Tar Heels. I think they have too much to offer. Uh, I'm not. I'm not confident saying that. I'm not confident saying that. Mm. Next one, we got UCLA versus Stanford again. We've talked about this before. I think Stanford could score with anybody. I think Stanford can absolutely score with anybody. I think they can allow any team to score though. They can't beat anybody if like <laughs> like they played Notre Dame and Arizona State. They got two nice wins back to back. UCLA scores a lot of points. They average forty points a game, almost five hundred yards a game on total offense. Very well-balanced offense as well with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Zach Charbonnet at running back. And Stanford's without Casey Filkins because a lot of their offense comes to the run game. Casey Filkins got almost 500 yards rushing this season. We're going to go with UCLA at home covering. It's a big line. It's 16.5, but I'm going to go with UCLA covering there. Then we've got Baylor taking on Texas Tech. Texas Tech is a a 2.5-point favor. It's a very even line for this game. Uh, ESPN ranks it pretty much right down the middle. Two very similar teams, two very similar-ish teams. Baylor does a lot of their work through the ground game. Texas A&M does a lot of their work through the pass game. Mm. Uh, I'm going with eight. I'm going with Tech. I'm going to go with Tech. I'm going to go with Tech. Do I want to go with Tech? I don't know if I want to go with Tech. It's at night at Texas Tech. We'll go with we'll go with the the Red Raiders, and then the final game, Marshall taking on Coastal Carolina. This one is an interesting game because Coastal Carolina is coming off a very big loss to Old Dominion <clears throat> in their last game, and Marshall, the Thundering Herd, have lost three of the last five. So it's been a very weird time for the Marshall Thundering Herd. But I never expected to see Coastal Carolina get blasted by 28 points. I didn't think I'd see that. At least by a team that they should beat in Old Dominion. Who do I want to say? Like Marshall does a lot of their work through the ground game. Coastal Carolina's defense hasn't really been seeming to stop anybody this season. I'm going to go with Carolina, though. Again, I'm not confident in that, so don't bet on that if you're <laughs> questioning that one. Uh, Minnesota and Rutgers. I, haven't, I didn't decide this game. Uh, let's see what the experts are saying. What are the experts saying about this game? Minnesota versus Rutgers. Minnesota versus Rutgers. Minnesota versus Rutgers. Prediction. I just want to see. I just need to see how I'm thinking. Prediction. Game preview. Give me a line. Give me what you think is going to happen. They think Minnesota will cover. 
We'll go with Minnesota. We'll go with the experts. So two of these games are by the experts. Two of these games are by the experts. Games I am not confident in at all, that Kentucky-Tennessee game, that one scares me because Tennessee's very good. Tennessee's very good. But Kentucky's defense is very solid. Now the problem is, can Kentucky's offensive line give Will Levis enough time to work? That's the problem here. Because if Will Levis has no time to work, it's going to make it a very long evening, especially with it being on the road for Kentucky. Like, it's it's a big ask. That's a big, big ask. Now, I'm going to go with Fan Nation. See what Fan Nation says about this game. Scroll all the way to the bottom. Prediction. Okay, they have Kentucky losing by 11 points. Okay, that's covering. That's all I care about. This one has Kentucky losing by 14. That's not what I was looking for. This one has Kentucky. This one doesn't have anything. <laughs> oh, my God. Athlon Sports, what do you got for me? What does Athlon Sports got for me? Final analysis. They have a Kentucky losing by 10. Because I could see this game, I could see this game going in both directions. I think this game could be an absolute blowout. I could really see that happening. Uh, I hope Tom's listening so he can actually hear how I'm struggling with this game. I hope he's actually listening so I can actually he can go like, oh, Logan is not confident in this one. I'll think about this one a little bit more. But those are my picks for the weekend for Tom. Again, I'm not really confident in any of those. I'm not really confident in any of those games. I'm not. I'm 100% sorry, Tom, if you get those games wrong, but I'm not I'm not feeling the my most confident there. Now, for the NFL side of things, it's going to be it should be a very fun week. I mean, we got Bills Packers on Sunday night football. It was weird though. It's going to be an interesting one. The Bills are favored. I think the Bills will cover. They're 11 and a half point favorites. So the biggest spread of jeez, my mic fell off again. It scared me. You can't do that to me, microphone. Okay. We're back. But this is the biggest line, apparently, of Aaron Rodgers' career since I think they said 2007. Is that wrong? Is 2007, that feels, I think that's what it said. I think that's what it said. And I didn't Google it, so I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. But the Bills, I think they can cover. Because I think the Packers, defensively, have some good pieces on there. But the Bills, the, pro, the thing is, the Packers' offense has looked bad. Like very bad for for Aaron Rodgers standards. Like you look at past, like the Packers being four and or being three and four is weird enough. But when you look back at the last three games and see the teams they lost to, it's the Commanders, Jets, and Giants. And I know the Jets and Giants are playing well this year, but it's the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I don't care how good those teams are. Aaron Rodgers should not lose to those teams. I don't care. I don't. I really do not care. That's not. That should not happen. I don't want to go to this game overly confident, but with how the Bills are playing. Just in general. And then Trey White's not going to be back. I was kind of expecting or hoping he'd be back. But he's not. He'll be back next week. They have to put him on the 53-man roster next week. I think I saw on Tuesday. I think that's when they said they had to do it. So they've got time. I don't want to rush Trey White back. I don't want to rush Trey White back. I think Trey White is a top, top corner in the NFL when he's playing. The key is he's playing. He's not playing right now. He's coming off a torn ACL. I don't want to risk that again. They already were without Micah Hyde for the rest of the year. Spencer Brown could be out for this game, which is big at the right tackle. He had a he was in a boot after last week's game in Kansas City. So if he's out, Scott Questenberry will start at right tackle. Which the Packers have some scary people coming off the edge. Preston Camp, Preston Smith. You've got 
Uh, Rashawn Gary there as well. Like, the Packers defensively are fine. But I think the Bills should be able to to handle business on Sunday. I think. With it being it's the first Bills game in Buffalo with fans on Sunday night football in years. Because they were in Sunday night football when they had when COVID kicked off and they had no fans. They did they had Sunday night football then. It's the first time with fans in years. So Buffalo's gonna be jumping on Sunday. Absolutely jumping. I think the Bills can come away with a double digit win in this game. I think they win, I think they can win by two touchdowns. But as for tonight. We got Ravens, Bucks. Thursday night football stinks. Thursday night football is very, very bad. Like you look at the ratings from Thursday night football since the Chiefs game. And we're talking about Thursday night football on Amazon Prime because the first Thursday night football game of the year was on NBC with the Bills Rams. The Chargers Chiefs one was after that, and then every single week it has gotten progressively worse, and it's been tarnished. Really, I mean, it was tarnished already because Thursday night football just sucks in general, but. It was tarnished by the fact we had to watch the Broncos-Colts, which on paper at the beginning of the season looked like a fun game. Not. And then Commanders-Bears. Back-to-back. We saw, what was it, a 12-7, 12-9 game. And a 4-12, a wait, 4, what was the score of the Colts game? I don't even remember what the score, 12-9, and then the Bears-Commanders was 12-7. That is insane. The winning teams can score, they scored 24 points in those two games. Combined. That is sad. That is very, 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 very sad. So I'm expecting a lot from this game. It's Bucks Ravens, which is a very, very fun game. I love watching the Ravens play. I, I need the Ravens, though, for my own sanity to start playing a full game because they get up really big early and then they start falling apart as the game progresses. But they're fun. I mean, Lamar's playing at an excellent clip right now. Like, I saw a thing today. I feel like this is kind of disrespectful to Lamar. Maybe maybe I'm being a little too hypercritical of this. But rank these QBs 1-4. to four. This is from NBC Sport, NFL and CBS. And it has Lamar, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, for whatever reason, and Kyler Murray. Okay, I think we know who the top and bottom of this list are. No disrespect to Daniel Jones. We defended Daniel Jones quite a bit on the show. But come on, Daniel Jones next to those guys, no. Kyler's at three, Jalen Hurts two, and Lamar's one. I think that's a fairly simple thing to rate. I think Jalen Hurts might have had the better season so far to this point than Lamar, especially since the Eagles are undefeated and the Ravens are sitting at four and three. But as far as everything, like, Lamar's not playing bad this year. Lamar's still a top five MVP candidate right now. And Jalen Hurts, though, might be a higher MVP candidate. I cannot rank him above Lamar Jackson just in general yet. Like we have Lamar, Jalen, Kyler, Daniel Jones. I think that's a very fair ranking. I'd, I'd, I'd be confused if anybody rated it differently than that. I, I saw someone commented on that and said, why is Lamar in this picture? He clears all of them by a mile. I don't want to say a mile anymore, given how Jalen Hurts has played this year, but he clears them. I think he clears them fairly easily at this point because it's Lamar Jackson. But yeah, this game against the, Ra- the Buccaneers should be very fun. Hopefully they actually get Mark Andrews involved this time. That'd be pretty fun, wouldn't it? Get Mark Andrews involved, your best offensive weapon involved in the game. Be pretty cool. Oh, man. But you guys will know what happened in that game. It could be another snooze fest. I, would, I highly doubt it given how these two teams play, but hell, who the hell knows right now? Then we got a London game. Broncos-Jaguars. Thank the Lord no one's going to be up for that one. We got Panthers, Falcons, Bears, Cowboys, Lions, Dolphins, Cardinals, Vikings, Ram, Raiders, and Saints, 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 
Patriots, Jets, Steelers, Eagles, and then we go to the later slate. We got Titans, Texans, Commanders, Colts, which is the Carson Wentz Bowl, which we'll go to bowl game names in here a little bit. We got the 49ers, Rams, and then Giants and Seahawks. And of course, rallying out the whole weekend is the Bills and Packers. And then Monday Night Football, we got Bengals, Browns, which Jamar Chase just got announced today that Jamar Chase is uh, dealing with a hip injury that I expected to sideline him for four to six weeks and might go in IR. That's fun. I, last week, I was feeling, like this exact time last week, I was feeling so good about my fantasy football team. Like, you look at my, like, you know what I was talking about at the beginning of the season with the Mount, I'm on St. Brown, Brown trade? Like, my team post that is awesome, or was, not at quarterback, but everything else. You had Alvin, who started to come in his own recently, until, unless the Saints don't want to give him the ball. Brees Hall, who was coming into his own before he tore his ACL. And Kenneth Walker. That was my running backs. Kyle Walker's been on a tear recently. He's probably the offensive player of the year, right? Offensive rookie of the year right now. Wide receivers, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Tyler Lockett, and then Michael Thomas, whenever he decides to come back from injury. And then tight end, I have potential with Kyle Pitts and Tyler Higbee. I have Young Way Koo. I have Tua and Kirk Cousins at quarterback, but that's not important. The rest of my team is solid. Sunday, Breeze tears ACL. Today, we're putting on Jamar Chase on four to five. He's out four or six weeks. Could be on IR. I went from feeling horrible about my team to start the year to suddenly feeling really good about it to shit again. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It hurts my soul. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> but the Bengals are still fun. Joe Burrow's still playing. They still got good weapons around him. I think the Bengals will be fine in general, but not having Jamar Chase is massive. Massive. I love Tyler Boyd. I love T. Higgins. I like Joe Mixon a lot, but man, that, those guys out are out there without Jamar Chase makes things a little bit more difficult. But I think the Bengals can beat the Browns on Sunday or on Monday. But bowl game, name game. Okay, bowl game, name game. Bucks, Ravens. What do we want to call this? The Underachiever Bowl? The Bucs are sitting at three and four. The Ravens are at four and three. Both teams should be better than that. We got Broncos, Jags. No one cares, Bull. Absolutely no one cares. If you care about this game, sorry, this is the fight for who gets to move to London. That's the play. That's what we're doing here. Panthers, Falcons. The how the hell do we get here, Bull? And I'm talking about PJ Walker starting for the Panthers. And then. They just bench Baker Mayfield. I just scrolled up a little bit on ESPN. Baker embraces backup role. My role is to help this team in any way I can, which is a far cry from what he was sounding like early in his career. And then Marcus Mariota. How the hell are these two starting in the NFL? How are these two starters in the NFL? <laughs> we got Bears-Cowboys. The old-timey bowl. I don't know. The old-timers bowl. Grandparents bowl. The Bears are the oldest team in the NFL in NFL history, and the Cowboys are definitely up there as well. Like, you think of the old heads of football. You think of, like, Vince Lombardi, George Hallis, and Tom Landry. Those are, like, your big three at the top of it. Like, old-timey coaches, those are the three that should pop up. Two of those guys are on this team. And then we got Dolphins-Lions. The Dan Campbell Bowl, because Dan Campbell played for the Dolphins. The Dan Campbell Bowl. That's a fair bowl game. Then we got the Cardinals and Vikings. <laughs> the, it is good. Oh, no, he missed it. <laughs> bowl. If you if you watched the Vikings Cardinals game last year and listen to Paul Allen, the Vikings play by play commentary, so I just want to know. I know no other play by play. Oh no, I think is Mitch Holtis the guy of the Chiefs. I think Mitch Holtis calls Chiefs games, but Paul Allen is known 
for being insane and like just giving such raw fan reactions to everything. Like lines like the one with Brett Favre against the Saints, like you could just take a knee and kick a 62 yard field goal. That's an amazing one when Brett Favre throws an interception to lose the game. And then uh, <laughs> you just hear him go, no! And he got, then last year, the Vikings should have beat the Cardinals. They did. The Cardinals did everything in their power to let the Vikings win that game. And they, the Vikings still lost it. And he had the, it was, oh, it was Greg Joseph, the kicker there at that time. But he, either way, he goes, it is good. Oh, no, he missed it. <laughs> Wide right. Wide right. So that's that bowl game. Raiders, Saints. The what's the, is the Saints Dennis Allen the Dennis Allen books used to coach the Raiders is that his name Dennis Allen the really the, the, <laughs> the we should be better than this bowl the Saints are two and five Raiders are two and four uh, Patriots Jets the Belichick bowl I mean it writes itself we got the Bill Belichick thing where he he retired as it fi- fired himself as the head coach of the Jets after a day gets traded for a first round draft pick yeah you know how it works. But who would have guessed the Jets would be better than the Patriots? Not I. Not I. Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones, I don't know who's going to start, but I'm here for it regardless. I love Patriots quarterback controversy. Steelers-Eagles. Philadelphia Bowl, or the Pennsylvania Bowl. We got the two teams in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania Bowl. Titans-Texans. The right to own the Oilers. That's what this game is. The te- Titans technically own the Oilers, but the Texans play in Houston. We could have a situation here like the Browns where we just move house and then leave all of our stuff back. Like, we're going to move, but all of our stuff's staying here, okay? That's how we're going to do this. That's what we kind of got going on here. The Commanders, Colts, the Carson Wentz Bowl. I don't know. The Carson Wentz was on the Colts. Now he's not. Niners, Rams? Um, The stud, fast, white dude bowl? Christian McCaffrey versus Cooper Cup. <laughs> the Sneaky Athletic Bowl. Is that what we're going to call it? The Sneakily Athletic Bowl. Then we got the Giants Seahawks. How the hell did we get here, Bowl? Same thing, but different. Giants are 6-1. and one. The Seahawks are 4-3 and three with Geno Smith playing awesome right now. We could call this the Geno Smith Bowl because Geno Smith played for the Giants. And if you remember this, Geno Smith, <laughs> when he was with the Giants, Ben McAdoo, was the head coach. Eli Manning was on pace to break the all-time starts, consecutive starts record. And then against the Raiders, you know, they start Geno Smith, but then the next game they bring Eli out. So you're just going to bring Eli back the next game. Why'd you even break the streak? I don't know. They didn't make the most sense. And then Bengals, Browns, battle for Ohio. I don't know. Lame one. Lame. Favorite bowl game this week is the Niners versus the Rams, otherwise known as the Sneaky Athletic Bowl with the two white guys. Love that game. And then we also got the Packers and Bills, just because it's a Bills game. I'm not going to go through every single game here, but I think the Bills, again, I will reiterate, I think the Bills will be able to cover in this game. And also, I feel like I want to, I kind of want to do this. I I didn't really plan on doing this. We're going to have a mod draft around the 11th of November, so we're going to try and do something then. But just for now, just for fun, just because I've seen a lot of mod drafts going around recently, I kind of want to do this. So we're going to do NFL Top 10. Speed round. This is live. I, I haven't filled anything out. This is a speed round. I got to go to NFLMockDraftDatabase.com. You can go there. You can do your own mock drafts. They'll have all the teams that has the ra- their rated players, which your rated players can be different than theirs. But this gives you a firm, like, if you're new to it and you're just bored, you can just go on here and do it. So we're going to do top 10. The top 10 right now 
This is obviously subject to change, but the top 10 right now reads the Lions at one, Texans, Panthers, Eagles, Texans, because the Texans got the Browns pick. Then we got the Seahawks, Steelers, and uh, the Jaguars at eight, Raiders at nine, and the Falcons at 10. Okay, so starting the mock draft now. Congratulations, Detroit Lions are on the clock. They're getting a quarterback. They're getting a quarterback first overall. I like Jared Goff to a certain extent, but he's not the long-term answer in Detroit. He's, I think this is his la- next year's his last year on his contract, so it would be a really nice year to draft a quarterback, especially with the class being as good as it is. I think right now the number one quarterback is Bryce Young. I think by the time we reach April, it'll be Will Levis. So I got them drafting Will Levis first overall. Now, two, second overall, this is where it gets kind of interesting. This is where it gets kind of interesting. Oh, well, I, I've got to explain. I can't just brush over Will Levis because I think a lot of people will be like, what the hell? What the hell is that? Well, let's say something else with the, the second hell, but, you know, we can't say that word. <laughs> so with Levis, I think Josh Allen helps out a lot in this. And you're looking at size, arms, arm talent, and working with people – that aren't really going to be in the NFL. I mean, Chris Rodriguez at running back is a chance to get – he's going to get drafted. I don't know what round, but he'll get drafted. Good running back out there. But look look at what Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are working with. Given the fact that Levis probably has a stronger arm than both of them, given the fact that he's bigger than both of them, given the fact he's not as fast as Bryce Young, but I would put him up there with ability to make plays on the run, but doesn't, I think that will help him out. I think a team like Detroit, I think Will Levis fits that. The Texans at number two, this one might be a shocker at the start. At the start, so let me explain this one. I've got them drafting Will Anderson. When you look at Lovey Smith and his style of team, they are predicated around getting to the quarterback, that defensive style. Now, I don't know if Lovey Smith will be there when the Texans make this pick. Like They could take a quarterback here, but they have a second first-round pick as well. I can almost guarantee, well... I don't know. This one's kind of tough because Will Anderson's the best player overall in this draft, which makes it difficult because it'd be one of the quarterbacks, but I'm going to have them go with Will Anderson. I think the Panthers draft Bryce Young at four. I think the Eagles, you look at what they're needing, need to get younger on the edge. They did just trade for Robert Quinn, but I think they still look for someone on the edge. And you look at Miles Miles Murphy from Clemson. Then at number five, we have the Texans take C.J. Stroud. So, yeah, Willie Anderson and C.J. Stroud, I think that's a very good matchup for the Texans. And I think you look at what the Texans are in their front office, I think C.J. Stroud fits that mold in regards to um, faith family football thing that the Texans try to do. I think C.J. Stroud fits that. I think he'd fit the culture around there fairly well. The Seahawks, they're just going to probably subscribe to the best player available, which is Jalen Carter, the D-tackle from Georgia. Pittsburgh, they're interesting because their pass defense is very bad, but they also need some help with their O-line. There are some people that are going to want to say, like, oh, they could draft a quarterback. But they drafted Kenny Pickett last year. But you remember, you got a couple years ago, the Cardinals drafted Kyler Murray when they just drafted Josh Rosen. This draft class is a lot better than what it was last year in regards to quarterbacks, at least at the top of the draft. But the Steelers, I think it's between, like, Kelly Ringo, Joey Porter Jr., the corner from Penn State, and then one of the tackles. But because of the lack of running game this year and giving Kenny Pickett just – Further faith in Kenny Pickett. I'm going to get them Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State. Give him a bookend tackle. Next one at eight, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Where I'm taking Jackson Smith and Jig, but he hasn't played a lot this year. And the number one receiver, it's kind of stuck between him and Jordan Addison. I think those, are the, I think those, like his tier list, and those two are the top. Jordan Addison, in regards to numbers, is blowing Jackson Smith and Jig out of the water. But it's kind of a thing. Like remember a few years ago, 
when Jamar Chase got drafted. Jamar Chase sat out that entire year, and we saw the likes of what Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith did. I think that's what a kind of a situation we're going to have going into this draft. Like, Jackson Smith and Jigbo was the number one receiver going into the season, and he's played two games against Notre Dame and Iowa. I think he played part of another game, but really he's played two games. Maybe one and a half game. He didn't really play a full half against Notre Dame. But he got hurt in that game. I think he'll be fine come around the season. I think he's still the number one receiver in the draft. Number nine, the Raiders. You can look at somewhere on the defensive line. Need to get some youthful vigor in that defensive line. But their O-line stinks. Their O-line's absolutely atrocious. So I got Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. Chargers drafted a Northwestern tackle. Worked out pretty well from them. The Raiders, you look at what Derek Carr is trying to do in that offense. Their O-line cannot block anybody. They cut, cut their first-round draft from two years ago in Alex Leatherwood. Or last year in Alex Leatherwood. So they need to get somebody out there to replace him. Peter Skaronsky could do that, definitely. And then the Falcons, kind of similar thing to the Seahawks' best player available, but mostly on the defensive side. Their defense is struggling. Secondary, I think they could be fine. They're fine for now. But I'm going to go with Brian Bressy, the defensive tackle from Clemson. I think it'd be a nice addition to the defensive line. Get some youthful experience. Get some youthfulness in the defensive line. They'd look for an edge rusher there as well. I'm sure you'd look at the likes of like Nolan Smith and Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Like You've got options for edge rushers, but I think from an interior rusher perspective, I think Brian Bressey would work very, very well with this team. So for this draft, I'm flipping back and forth between the Texans thing, but right now, sitting here on October 27th, we got the Lions taking Will Levis from Kentucky at number one. We got Will Anderson going number two to the Texans. We got the Bryce Young going to the Carolina Panthers at three. We got Miles Murphy going to the Eagles at four. C.J. Stroud going to the Texans at five. We got Jalen Carter going to the Seahawks at six. Paris Johnson Jr. going to the Pittsburgh Steelers at seven. Jackson Smith and Jigba going to the Jaguars at eight. And Peter Skronsky, the tackle from Northwestern, going to the Raiders at nine. And Brian Bresti from Clemson going to the Falcons at number 10. Then you've got, like, at, this is going to change because this is where we see, like, the Buccaneers are sitting there at 19. you got the Ravens sitting there at 22 as of right now. One of those teams is going to drop down a little bit. But it's gonna be fun. Reminder though, the the Miami Dolphins they have they had two draft picks thanks to the 49ers trade to get Trey Lance, but they lost one of their they lost their own draft picks. So they do have their own draft. They have a first round draft pick, but they don't have two like they would have had because of the stuff that went on in this offseason with Stephen Ross. And with that being said, I think that's all I've got for you right now. I think that's all I've got for you. I'm gonna scroll through some things, make sure I got everything I wanted to talk about. I think so. Make sure I go through my phone. See if I got anything I got to talk about on there. Oh, the Russell Wil- Russell Wilson. That's kind of the, the high knees on the airplane. That dude's just getting cornier and cornier as the day goes on. I, I don't know. I, don't, I also saw something he's trying to take out shitting out of his lifestyle. I don't know how you can do that. But, hey, he's got the money to do it. So maybe he, he's got some secret non-shitting formula that helps him. I would like to, I'd like to subscribe to that. But I don't know if I actually I take that back. I don't know how comfortable I'd be with that. But he's just, he's just a weird dude. Absolutely a weird dude. But now that we're done with that, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you did not enjoy the show, I sincerely apologize. We'll try to be better next time. Uh, make sure, again, to follow Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media. But make sure you're following the Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you can never miss an episode. You can go to loganblackmanshow.com, check out our latest blog post. Remember, we have a blog post from, last, from this past Wednesday from Week 8 Quarterback Prospect Rankings. Go check that one out. I greatly appreciate that as well. And yeah, I think that's all I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed. If not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll try to get better next time. Hope you enjoy your weekend. Hope you enjoy Halloween. Well, hopefully we'll have a show on Monday. Well, time will tell on that. If not, 
I will see you guys on Wednesday. If not that, we will see you guys on Monday. Take care and peace.